The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie. It's a Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eye over all the weekend's action in the Kilkenny Senior, Intermediate and Junior Hurling League and Championships. As always, I am joined in studio by Eddie Scally. Eddie, um... I was going to say how are you, but I mean, two doubleheaders in Nolan Park this weekend. I was absolutely buzzing after it. I'm sure you were too. Yeah, no, look, it, it was great. Um, just, I suppose, look, probably we cut straight to the chase. Like, yeah. It's just a pity the last game was so one-sided. In the senior. Yeah, um, sure. yeah. Do you know, it's like I was there. I said to you last week on the pod that I did think the O'Loughlin Gales Bennett's Bridge game was going to be the game of the weekend. Um, I just, I just kind of, it had all the hallmarks of a real tight, intense, you know, big battle at senior championship, exactly what everybody wants. Um, whereas the the village game against Ballyhale Shamrocks, I kind of had that feeling it was going to go one of two ways: either tight game and the village would win, or Ballyhale would explode onto the scene and, mm. and, and tear them apart. And unfortunately, that's or fortunately, depending on what way yeah. you're looking at it, that's that's how it transpired. But a really good weekend to hurl it in fairness, and I have to say as well. The weather was really good. It was really nice weather for a yeah. change. It wasn't raining, and uh, there was some crowd in the park for the two senior games on Sunday. A good, good crowd on Saturday for the for the junior semi-finals. But like, the, I mean, a really, really healthy crowd. It was the, as big a crowd as I've seen now in a long time. Yeah, semi-final day is very special. But we'll get straight into it then, Eddie. The senior results. Um, it was a semi-final doubleheader in Nolan Park. As I said, a very unique day on the calendar. Um, O'Loughlin Gales three sixteen, Bennis Bridge twenty two points, Shamrocks Ballyhale, and I will call them Shamrocks Ballyhale five. 19 James Stevens 14 points we'll start with the latter game this time Eddie um, I mean a 20 point victory for the for the Shamrocks against James Stevens I know you didn't see this coming because you predicted that the village would win but to win by 20 points in a county semi-final I mean I don't know what it says for both teams if that makes sense yeah no look I'm gonna <coughs> I'm gonna take you up on your first point okay, sorry yeah so it wasn't a dig it was a fact right <laughs> yeah I think you know thankfully these podcasts are there for people to listen back yeah. to I tipped James Stevens because I'm convinced that Ballyhale aren't going to win the championship this year so okay. they're going to fall on one of the hurdles so now it's all like <laughs> you got the final hurdle now yeah this is yeah, it yeah. and as everybody knows I do go to all these games shouting for Ballyhale uh, so it's, it's a kind of a double-edged one but yeah. what I did say was I either thought it was going to be a close game and James Stevens would win or Ballyhale would blow them out of no, water no you did yeah. no, you um, covered, you covered and, your tracks and, and that's, that's, that's how it happened look we'll cut straight into the game yeah. itself you know it was actually very disappointing as a spectacle the first half of the match Shamrocks played within themselves. It was nothing. There was nothing special in it. Plodding um, along in second gear, was it? it? Yeah, if even that. And I'm not being disrespectful to either team in this. It genuinely felt like uh, a nothing league championship game for a while. Jesus. Um, the match down in Callan was played with more intensity in, than the first half. That's that's being honest. Wow. Um, Ballyhale got into a seven point to one point lead. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, it's cruise control. We were up in the box. There was six of us there today, you know, from Casey Lord, six of us there in the box. And we were all just flattened by it because it was, it, there was nothing. There was no big hits. There was, it was just a really strange affair. Early in the game, TJ Reid um, had a massive collision. I think it was with, um, I'm going to say, Cody, I'm nearly sure it was, but I think it was Jeremy Cody, I'm nearly right. sure it was. They did a massive coming together, the two of them went for a ball and like you could you could feel the shudder in the stands. TJ Reid never took a backward step, never moved. It was like I'd say it was like hitting a truck. And that was the marker set down right from there. In that first half, the village 
the kind of huffed and puffed got themselves back into the game got a couple of frees um, had it back I think they had it nearly back to a two point game or a one point game they did yeah one um, and next thing they broke forward Keane Kenny went on a run and he was probably a little bit unlucky not to draw a free on that run the ball gets turned over it struck up into the sky and I'm just starting to just accept that when the ball is in the air and TJ Reid jumps invariably he comes down with the ball yeah. it doesn't like it's getting so out of hand I'd say you could smack a ball up in the air in Goran and if TJ Reid jumps in Ballyhale he'll catch it it's yeah. just i never seen anything like him but he got up he caught this ball in the heavens now turned and he put it straight into I think it was Adrian Mullen's hand yeah. and next thing bang back in the net goal I'm pretty sure it was Adrian it Mullen was, it was Adrian Mullen um, the goal, yeah. and, and that was that was the one piece of class in that first half now the other thing that was part of that piece of class was Adrian Mullen was back on his goal line 40 seconds beforehand defending that attack breaks out the field goal so you go in at half time you're thinking Mm, this, you know, maybe there's a bit of life in this game yet, or you know, seven points down, it's six points down. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, waited for a reaction from the village. Came back out, Bally Edge just absolutely went bananas. Um, it was just goal, goal after goal after point. Lads shooting. Paddy Mullen had a day, absolutely popping them from from a long range distance. Um, Richie Reid was brilliant um, I tell you Owen Keneally played out around midfield he had a really good game out around midfield working hard out there Niall Short all got on a couple of really good scores inside in the corner forward position but back to that half forward then again Adrian Mullen three points Owen Cody got a goal and a point um, TJ oh, like there's just there's no like lads go on about Johnny Sexton and he's 38 in the whole lot like TJ Reid genuinely uh, like if there's a better hurler of all time than TJ Reid you know I, I, I don't know who it is for longevity alone like yeah. it's just Club and County yeah but to be the best do you know what I mean not that yeah, yeah. oh he's great he kept playing there until he was 34 or 35 it's not that he is actually the best player uh, yeah. on the pitch now Adrian Mullen was brilliant today but TJ was just on a, on a different level but the only negative I'd give you on, on the Ballyhill side of it was it got it got a bit of a I don't know what the word for it is and maybe lads listening to this that might have been at the game as well I kind of got near the end of the game I kind of felt sorry a little bit for James Stevens, and at the same time I kind of looked at Ballyhill and was like there's a line between rootless now and just taking the piss and, and that's they, they, they were right on that one today now they were literally tying with James Stevens for the last 10 or 12 minutes of that game and I mean that they were tying with them in the county semi-final you know, I'd, I'd really feel for James Stevens. I'd say they really are hurting because they, they really didn't turn up today Were James Stevens defeated mentally before they ever went out onto the pitch do you think? Looks like it now but it's, it's easy to say it in hindsight after the game because the, you know there was a fair 20 point well, difference I, I said it to Ronnie actually um, we were chatting on Scoreline on Friday which airs every, six, uh, every Friday from 6 to 7pm and I said I was worried for the village because I thought they gave everything in the first 25 minutes last year everything that they could to play to their optimum level and still they were kind of beaten out in Nolan Park with relative ease by the Shamrocks and I just thought they, will they be thinking subconsciously or even in the back of their minds we gave everything that we could last year we reached our highest level and we were nowhere near it 
so what's going to happen if we do that again this year um, is it even going to make much of a mark or a dent and do you think that could have happened where they just you know they've gone to the well too much now against the Shamrocks haven't come out on top and mentally it's just been too much for them yeah maybe it is the case you know you know, maybe it's like the Ireland team not being able to get by a quarter final in the rugby maybe it is you know in a, a kind of yeah, a, yeah. a mental no I agree yeah it's know, a similar situation Like it is but then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two other ones just just for your own if you want to talk about rootlessness in sport okay. I met an unnamed Ballyhill player okay. after the game in the car park. And he shouted across to me and he said, you better not have been cutting the back off me on that radio. And I said, no, no, I wasn't, mister. I kept my head down. So I wasn't going to be killed. And uh, I just said to him, I said, you know, that was a big win. Congratulations. Well done. Shook his hand and said, look, best of luck. And I, I just said, you know, you know, I, I kind of expected more from the village than, than what turned up today. And he said, oh, yeah, I remember a few years back uh, we were seven points up against the village at halftime or after 20 minutes or 25 minutes of the game and I thought happy days and he said they blew us away and beat us and I was thinking and I went back and I was kind of googling to see could I yeah, find yeah. how far back but I think we could have went back about 9 years you know <laughs> yeah, but I'd it, say it was yeah. yeah and it was in the back of his mind yeah. so, you know, we were 7 points up against these lads 9 years ago like, and they came back and beat us so they are they're, they're wired in now Bal- Ballyhill they must be in the water out in, in the parish but Shamrock's Ballyhill they are wired up wrong like they literally <laughs> they're, they're whatever they can use to get you they'll, they'll use it oh yeah um, on the other side and I'll say it because I can say whatever I like thankfully you've given me yeah, permission freedom to of speech I just I'd love to know what the village's setup was. I'd love to know what was the idea here because I'm an Egypt, uh, everyone knows that. But if I was going out to play against the Shamrocks Bally Hill, I'd have a plan, I'd have some form of structure. And I'm sure they had. But it wasn't evident, it wasn't as clear cut. I'm and I'm I'm not gonna harp on more about this game because I want to move on from it yeah, because yeah. it was a car crash. But I'm looking at Shamrock's Bally Hale in two weeks' time against the Lachlan Gales. And I can tell you right now, Brian Hogan is sitting down looking at the Shamrock's team and looking at his team and trying to work out where the best strengths he has to match up, you know, to try and nullify or beat the Shamrock's best. And I and I just couldn't see that today. Like at one stage today, I seen Owen Keneally coming back and picking up Luke Scanlon. Owen Keneally from corner forward going the whole way back out the field to pick up Luke Scanlon at centre forward for the village to allow Richie Reid in my opinion that freedom to drop not that they were playing with a sweeper but just allow him that freedom to drop and protect in front of the line so Shamrocks had a plan and Luke Scanlon was a targeted player that they had we're going we're gonna to target him you know and, and, and that's why I'm saying about clear evidence yeah. on targets Um from what I could see with the exception of Luke Scanlon playing at centre forward which he has done in, in every game probably um, every game I've been at Luke's been moved into centre forward straight away and he's listed at midfield obviously on the on the programme yeah. but aside from that the lads played their positions you know like Cody was out around I thought he was going to be full back for the whole game but he, he was out the field a bit as well and they moved around but I don't know <clears throat> maybe they just said look we'll give it a rattle with what we have and, and how we've played but going 15 on 15 against the Shamrocks and not putting that protection in there to try and nullify out I, 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 I don't know I honestly don't know what the plan was there uh, the village are out of it so we may as well just give one final note to them how did they reflect on the year positively forget about today really forget about today I said to you at the start of this podcast that I didn't have the village in the top four teams in Kilkenny yeah. they got to a semi-final this year I actually think they, they, they achieved quite a, they did really well to get to a semi-final this year that's the truth I would still have Dixborough and Tullerone 
ahead of the village. Still on her own? Yeah, I just think that a, that a bounce. Watch what happens next year. You know, it's a different season. These things can happen. But the village will have learned a ton from this year. The, the semi-final didn't go to plan. There's nothing you can do about it. But what, what will they have learned? That it's, it's the same end as the it's, last it's five not years. Though, it's, but it's not the like same players. This is what I'm saying. It's, it, there's okay. new players coming through. It, these things, there's a lot of... There's a lot of players that have been around there, but there's an mm-hmm. awful lot of new lads coming in as well. It's 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 look, it's back to the drawing board. They'll have learned that the, the gap between themselves and Shamrock's Bally Hill has probably widened, and it has because the scoreline will suggest that. However, they did get to a league semi final, you know, sorry, they get to yeah. championship semi final, they got to the Shield final, final yeah. as well. It's not, the year is not defined by one performance. It, they've, they've went out of the championship on a poor performance. I would say, I would say Greg Bally Callan. And this is going to sound crazy now. I'd say Greg Ballycallan on reflection I'd be happier to go down in the quarter final and oh, yeah. facing something like that today. I'm not saying that Greg Ballycallan that would have happened to them, but their season ended on a performance where they felt we should have been better than that. They were beaten five or six points by by the village. Don't define the village's season on on that one poor performance against the Shamrocks tonight. Look back at some of the performances they've had during the year. Some of the players that have performed from it's 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 a tough way to end the season. Simple right. as. The Shamrocks will play Old Lachlan's in the final. That's after they defeated Bennett's Bridge in today's first semi-final by three sixteen to twenty two points. Uh, this was a very tight game. A late on wall goal proven decisive in this. Um, what did you make of it, Eddie? Yeah, I have to say, and and like, look. I suppose if I talk more about the old Lachlan Gales half back line, I'll have to get a tattoo of the three boys on my shoulder. Um, <laughs> Worse than Luke Scanlon. Yeah, well, like in fairness, uh, like bring up poor Luke. I was I was good for Luke today, yeah. um, but no, like they're just they're just awesome. Like they really are. That half back line are really really good. Um, today they wired in five points. Um, it was one of the lines that we felt if O'Loughlin Gales didn't turn up on that line they were in trouble and uh, they did but then on the flip side of the game like they won the game in the end by four points was it four points in the end or three points three, three points yeah. yeah sorry um, there was a late free actually it was yeah, four points at that time yeah. Free, yeah but like and that was an interesting one as well actually I'm going to start from that sorry about this now but they got that free at the end and the referee must have told them there was no time left because he just smacked it over the bar and the referee with a full time whistle like you're not going to get four points off it if you drive it under the bar either yeah. like unless he went for that magical one where your ball splits in half one goes over and one goes yeah, under and yeah. you get 1-1 one, one, but um, yeah, I've never seen it myself I haven't seen it myself it's very rare no it's very rare very rare <laughs> in the game but um, no just just on on, on, on Bennett's Bridge first of all um, Kieran Brennan was was out injured yeah, yeah. like that was a really big blow because he was he was very good in the last round he'd kind of just got going and then bang on and then the other player like we've talked about this guy every week on this podcast Kevin Blanchfield has been outstanding and he comes off injured after 15 minutes like you know the bridge will look back on the game and they'll be devastated tonight that they're not in a county final but like how unlucky can one team be like on that day now I don't know what magical power the physio has on the Bennett's bridge line but Kevin Blanchfield like hobbled off the field and came back on with seven minutes to go and absolutely ran around the place like a maniac for <laughs> seven minutes to try and drag them out of trouble I would say it was adrenaline alone that was driving him yeah. and I'd say he's in a heap somewhere now with his leg absolutely hanging off him but um how do you sum up the game, Robbie? How do you do that? Yeah, I don't know. If it's, it, I, I thought it was a bit, I'm not going to say inevitable, but I think it was the way I described it going last weekend where I just thought Bennett's Bridge would just fall short. And I think that's what happened where it was very tight throughout and then O'Loughlin's, for whatever reason, I don't think it's experience or anything, but they just 
saw the route to victory whereas Bennis Bridge maybe couldn't and, that, and that's what got them over the line Yeah look do you know what there was a few a few little points in the game uh, Mark Mark missed a couple of frees Mark in Bergen, the game yeah, for which, he, which he'd never do um, very rarely you do so that was a bit of a nervous one um, and when the game was tight enough goals and I know the, the cliche of oh, goals win games but like they do yeah. and what happened was and Taggy alluded to this in Club Hurling it's so hard to chip at a goal by getting points do you get me yeah. you go up and get three scores you need three attacks three points to pull back that goal yeah. Benesbridge had to do that three times today to try and draw back mm-hmm. and it was the third goal to finish that was the last one that yeah. didn't chip back every time they conceded a goal they got back to level yeah. but thinking about that and just looking at it from that perspective um, first and foremost Stephen Murphy in goal he was absolutely brilliant he stopped uh, a point blank effort in the first half it was batted down to him and he got across and got a, got a hurl to it absolutely fabulous save and in the second half there was um, Liam Blanchfield pulled on a ball on the ground and he got to it and then there was another person pulled on it and he got to it again and then the third person was pulling on it and Hugh Lawler got across and batted it away mm. like that was I know that was in one attack but that was kind of in the, in the total of the game Bennett's Bridge probably had three goal chances and took none of them or Lachlan Gales had three goal chances and took the three of them yeah. um, so that was a big thing the second thing I will say is Brian Hogan made substitutions at different times and like the, the best substitution was um, Connor Kelly coming on like when you're on the line and you're a manager you make changes some managers are afraid to make a change and they're too slow to make mm. changes because I've often said it and people will say you won't win a game on the line but you'll definitely lose one and he made the change Connor Kelly come on and the first touch of the ball he got took on his man straight in bang, back of the net yeah. oh like that's that's a major major turning point yeah. Owen Wall the first chance he got in the first half he took his man on straight away and he nailed it into the back of the net second half game in the metal pot Owen Wall takes the ball takes on his man nails it to the back of the net like a load of questions are being asked about Lachlan Gales and their prowess in front of goal Lachlan Gales scored 316 today that 316 will that 316 will be enough to beat nearly every team with the exception of possibly Shamrock's Bally Hale but are teams going to score more than 316 on that Lachlan Gales backline? I don't think so. Shamrocks will. Now we'll go on to that anyway in next week's podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I tell you now, all weekend everyone's on about Liam Blanchfield and Liam Blanchfield's smashing her. Yeah. He's got no score today from play. Hugh Lawler a full back. But do you think they were a bit over-reliant on Blanchfield nope. whereas the Shamrocks won't be? Well, no, because we will get on to it next week yeah. but what I will say to you is Liam Blanchfield had a good game. Um, the f- early in the game they were driving balls down on top of Liam Blanchfield and he was breaking the balls they were in for goals like they genuinely yeah. were purely off of Liam Blanchfield but Liam Blanchfield wasn't able to get shots off himself and that comes down to you know Hugh Lawler Hugh Lawler is the best full back in Ireland yeah. I don't think there's anyone better and, and, and I know we'll come to the Ballyhale game in a couple of weeks time but Mikey Butler Mikey Butler held Tony Kelly scoreless in an All-Ireland semi-final he did yeah. twice he got a point I think this year oh but Jesus fair juice oh, that was good scoring yeah no. and the other thing about Mikey Butler is I don't think has Mikey Butler ever been booked does he ever get booked no he doesn't actually no so this is a man marking corner back that doesn't get booked doesn't foul doesn't get involved in any crap mm. you never hear him doing anything off the ball he's built like a tank 
Um, hardy out, but honest Farmer. Tony Forrest will drop in a fullback today. I'm telling you, Bennett's Bridge and O'Loughlin Gales was an absolute cracker of a game. Mm. It really was. And at, for a long, 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 long time in that game, I thought that game was going to go to extra time and even penalties. Yeah, it did seem like it was right at the end even. Yeah, so here we are. And it's this is this is why I told you I thought it was going to be the game of the weekend. Um, there was, it had everything. It had the long-range scores. It had great movement, great passing. Um, like I'd feel for, for, for Bennett's Bridge because they were an exceptional side. Um, and they really had an exceptional season. But I, I, I don't know, Robbie. I, I just think people are kind of a little bit... I think they're writing off for Lachlan Gales just a little bit, regularly. And, like, at the start of the year, I said, I thought Dixborough were the number one team in Kilkenny. Number two was Shamrock's Ballyhale, and number three was the Lachlan Gales. And I still think... That it's that that three are the top three, but there's nothing between O'Loughlin Gales and Dixborough. Dixborough should have beaten the Shamrocks. That's true. A couple of weeks ago, they should yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing I would say to you is, just O'Loughlin Gales themselves. We we criticised their forwards for not getting enough scores. There was subs come on today, and the forwards got scores. You know, they got they got the scores. Maybe their half back line chipped in with five points against today. I think I think we're in for a massive county final, and anyone that remembers the last time these two teams played each other, two years ago, water breaks were still a game. Hmm. They were drawn going into the last water break, and the Shamrocks tore them apart in that last quarter to win the game. But that day, you know, O'Loughlin Gales would have been gutted. It was the last fifteen minutes of the game. Is the only time in that fifteen minutes that they were behind. In the whole match, that was yeah. that last fifteen minutes. So they would have done a bit of soul searching. But I can tell you something. Another thing that they have done is and and ask anybody this. Ask more intelligent people, and that'll be very easy to find. Walk outside the door, and you'll find one. O'Loughlin Gales, are you telling me that they haven't improved since two years ago? Well, I actually want to get onto this. There's two more things I want to say about this match. Yeah. Did Brian Hogan, in a way? walk into the perfect jog because he was picking up a team that were in the top four of Kilkenny but got knocked out in the first round last year did he well he, well, he definitely he definitely took a team that's in the top four the same way whoever's managing Tullerone if it's the same manager yeah. next year or if it's a new manager he'll be picking up a team or continuing with a team that are in the top four in Kilkenny as well so yeah you did but that comes with massive 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 pressure Brian Hogan is a, a O'Loughlin Gales legend yes he's taken up his club team so no matter what position they're in he's putting his own legacy on the line there that's a fact yeah but he had the balls to go and do it he did and fair juice him he had some straight back in a county final yeah. there was a second part of that gun that you had loaded well I just want to wrap up our conversation on this match I suppose and to wrap it up I suppose we're wrapping up Ben's Bridges uh, championship campaign uh how did they look back on it? Again, like Robbie, you know, and without being disrespectful to Venice Bridge, I didn't have them in the first four. They're in a semi-final. They were only just beaten in a semi-final mm. by a team that could potentially end up being the county champions. Yep. Um, if that does happen, they will be sick. And I know lads that say to you, oh, James, would you not be delighted the team that beat you won the county final? No. no. <laughs> so <laughs> no. like, so they'd, they'd be sick if that does happen. However, it'll make, it'll make the winter go a little bit faster now because there's great green shoots there now uh, you know they're coming and they'll also remember we went into a county semi-final got beaten by four points by a really strong O'Loughlin Gales team missing Kieran Brennan who'd been fantastic all season for us and with Kevin Blanche going off injured after 15 minutes our 
possibly main player and then Liam not getting a score from play I feel like I lit up the championship up until today yeah. so Bennett's Bridge the scorecard has given them a B plus they've had a they've had a really good season genuinely had a I'd go A minus would you? yeah I think the Bennett uh, they got out of a really tough group albeit it was a bit squirmy in how they got out of it and then they defeated Tullerone who you have in the top four and who made a county semi-final last year only marginally lost to the Shamrocks they defeated Glenmore who were brilliant all season and went straight into a quarter final and then as you say they could potentially be losing to well, what is obviously going to either be the county champions or the county runners up uh, in O'Loughlin Gales and very very fine margins there as well so I I think it's been I think if the Shamrocks win the championship I think Bennis Bridge are the have had the second best team uh, second best season if the Shamrocks win the championship yeah obviously winning it means you've, you've had the best championship yeah um, I'd say I'd, I'd argue a Lachlan Gales yeah I think there's a strong argument there but <laughs> no but you know I think it's one or the other yeah like no no a Lachlan Gales have had a brilliant year Bennis Bridge look genuinely they've had a great year so they they've 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 lost nothing in defeat today. They just missed out. They missed... O'Loughlin Gales get to play one more game than they did. Yes. The same with Shamrock's Ballyhill. They're not far away. They'll winter well. They'll come back strong. Okay. That is that from the semi-finals. We will preview the final next week. Um, To wrap up our senior discussion this weekend, Eddie, the senior team of the week is back. The senior team of the week is back and there should be murders on the internet this week now. Okay, hopefully. Because I'm going to tell you... And anyone that disagrees with my team of the week this week... You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to put it you out there. You spoke with a bit of vengeance into the microphone yeah, there, no, as if I the microphone were the listeners. No, I tell you what happens is, lads be getting on to me yeah. about the team of the week. I love it. Like yeah, yeah. Um, Some people never let it go. Ronnie is still getting on to me about the first week's team of the week. Yes. Do you know? I remember, yeah, I got a text off Ronnie. Not to lift the veil too much, but I remember he said, uh, you know, what What you have this lad in the team of the week for? Yeah. Like, so do you do your team of the week, Ronnie? That's it. You do your team of the week. Next year when he does We love Ronnie. Do you do? No, no, he's set up a rival <laughs> podcast. They're, they're going to do their own uh, team of the week. So anyway, uh, I didn't ask any of the lads for their opinions today because I was, luckily enough, I got no. to watch both games. Yeah, and that's where uh, narcissism takes in. Like, this is it, yeah. 100%. So at least this way, if anyone disagrees with my uh, team of the week, I can take full blame for it. Anyway, yeah. so there's no problem at all. Accountability and responsibility. You can write uh, strongly worded letters into Casey Law for attention of uh, Robbie and he'll get them to me out with my family. Mel, so it comes that yeah, way. Yeah. So anyway, team of the week, very simple. In the goal, number one, Stephen Murphy, O'Loughlin Gales. He got man of the match today. He did. So that was an easy selection for me. The full back line, I went with Mikey Butler, uh, number two, or number four, I think, whichever way you've that marked mm-hmm. down there. Huey Lawler, uh, O'Loughlin Gales, and Paddy Mullen from Ballyhill. Uh, I brought... Paddy from Shamrock's Bally Hale he had a brilliant game in the half back line and I actually fit him into my team by bringing him back into cornerback yeah. so then the half back line I went with David Blanchfield um, of O'Loughlin Gales he got two points today Ben's Bridge David Blanchfield sorry David Blanchfield why am I getting confused yes I know I'm getting confused I put David Blanchfield of Brennan's Bennett's Bridge in at number 5 he was listed at number 11 um, right he's down to start centre forward he played wing back he genuinely did play wing back yeah. so this is why I'm getting confused here at sentence so David Blanchfield at Bennett's Bridge even though he's number 11 on his back he was he was actually um, playing wing back yeah, he was he fantastic forward, yeah. um, 
Richie Reid uh, of the Shamrocks Ballyhill excellent centre back and number 7 uh, Jordan Malloy from O'Loughlin Gales Jordan Malloy genuinely could have got man of the match in that game too it was that close now I have left Paddy Deegan and David Fogarty out of the team of the week from O'Loughlin Gales both of them got two points from play both of them played really really well um, but I, if I went with the whole O'Loughlin Gales backline it would be a bit raw yeah, so yeah, yeah. apologies to Paddy and David but they were definitely very close mm. um, at midfield I went with uh, Jack Nolan over Lachlan Gales and I went with and this is a player that that's really impressing me um, and, 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 and I'd say the pressure on them is, is massive Liam Barron um, Shamrock's Ballyhead these are two new inductees now yeah and I have to say Liam Barron today you know he, he was everywhere great chap really good for him yeah. and I was delighted for him and I was listening to some of the more senior players talking after the game as well and and they were delighted for him too and I love to see that with players that it, I tell you what I'd say he's a really good guy around camp I'd say people really like him because he was a player two or three really senior players that I had real respect and admiration for singled him out and they were saying how happy they were for right. him that he had such a good game oh, and he did have a good game I think he got two points as well into the half forward line we went with Nicky Clare Bennett's Bridge absolutely flawless performance again he's been brilliant for them all year yeah. um, TJ Reid at centre forward it's I don't know it's, it's, it, he can't be described as human anymore when it comes to hurling it's just that is the greatest player of all time anyone you know we're running out of time that's what's going to happen soon is TJ Reid's not going to be hurling anymore and we're going to regret that we didn't get to see enough of him yeah. I would say every I, I would start going to see them training now that's what I do to get as much as much of TJ Reid as when, I can when get. you're watching just on that Eddie because I think he's, it's discussed a lot but maybe not too much in depth when you're watching TJ Reid in a club game particularly the distance between the next best club player on a consistent basis how fast is it um like it's 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 on a club level like it's it's not it's 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 certain aspects of his game he's on a different planet to yeah. anybody else there's no player i've ever seen ever better than DJ Reed Deer. I've never seen anything like it. It's just unbelievable. And then from Freeze, uh, Willie O'Connor met me a couple of weeks ago and he said to me, there mustn't be a nerve in that man's body. He said every single nerve in his body must be froze. Yeah. Like, it's just, he stands over a free Robbie and it's just score, guaranteed. Yeah. You're marking on the book straight away at TJ Reed point. Hmm. Nah, I don't know. Is at the distance from him. Like the next player I'm going to name on that team of the week yeah. It's closing that gap He's fairly rapidly now. Yeah, yeah, he is. And that's Adrian Mullen, Shamrock's Ballyhill. Absolutely outstanding as well. And then into the full forward line, I went with Owen Wall over Lachlan Gales. Great game today. Two uh, goals. Two yeah. goals, fantastic. Niall Shortall in the other corner from Shamrock's Ballyhill. He was superb. Got a couple of points today. And then the other old stalwart that I was whinging uh, about and playing with his calf muscles struggling and everything else, Colin Fenley. Um, what a handful. Two goals today out around midfield at one stage out around the half forward line I was talking to him after the game I'd say he was in a fair bit of pain now um, mm. heading straight back to Dubai like what a club man oh, yeah. flying in eight and a half hour flights calf torn to pieces in full forward and he makes the team of the week yeah. so uh, look exceptional really good team really hard team to pick 
because there was lots of great players on show this weekend I think that the unluckiest of luckiest losers this week in the team of the week the only ones I'd listen to the arguments coming in on, on, on the envelopes Dave Fogarty and Paddy Deegan probably were overlooked maybe a little bit unfairly but I just couldn't fit everybody in Right to go through the team in full it's Stephen Murphy in goal from Lachlan Gales Paddy Mullen is in one corner in the backs Mikey Butler in the other from the Shamrocks and from O'Loughlin's with Hugh Lawler at fullback of course from O'Loughlin Gales David Blanchfield of Benis Bridge Richard Reid of Ballyhale Shamrocks and Jordan Malloy of O'Loughlin Gales is the half back line Liam Barron of the Shamrocks is joined by O'Loughlin Gales midfielder Jack Nolan uh, Nicky Clear TJ Reid and Adrian Mullen are the half forward line Owen Wall of O'Loughlin Gales Colin Fenley of the Shamrocks and Niall Shorthall of the county champions side Shamrocks is the full forward line and that is the remainder of the senior team of the week do let us know what you think um, we will move on then to this weekend's junior semi-finals Eddie uh, they took place in Nolan Park on Saturday the first one was largely one-sided Tuller Ross Birkin 4-20 Dixborough 121 the second game an absolute thriller St. Lacton's eventually coming out on top against Winegap by 4-11 to 1-18 we'll start from the start as I say regularly uh, Tuller Ross Birkin against Dixborough this game seemed like it was over at halftime it was um, don't know what happened with, with, with the borough um, I said to you last week I thought I'd picked the wrong team in black and amber to win the championship I'd overlooked Tuller or Ross Birkin mm. in the wrong um, so obviously the team I think is going to win the championship and the team I thought was going to win the championship are playing each other in the, okay. in the final so I'm not a million miles off on my no, no, I suppose when you pick two teams though you got a championship I didn't I picked one team and they're in the county final I did say at semi-final stage the other team I thought was going to be okay covering the bases uh, I um, <laughs> <laughs> Most certainly not, but no. On this game, right? Yeah. Um, it was. It was. Do you know what? It was nearly over before it started. I don't know what really? went wrong. Yeah, I don't know what went wrong with Dixborough. It was an extremely flat performance. Um, Is it one of them where you just knew kind of five minutes in where it was just like, oh, they're not at this at all today? Well, look, we, we, summing the game up and looking at it on its merits. When I looked at the two teams lining up beforehand, I said, right, if I'm if I'm if I'm Dixborough, I need to keep the ball, not. The ball going into my full forward line, I need to make it go to the corners. If I drive high ball in on top of Donegal O'Connor, he's going to clean me. Yeah. He'll win them all day long. Pat Hartley will sit in front of Donegal O'Connor, so if Donegal can't catch it clean, he'll break it, and Pat Hartley will pick up that breaking ball. So I need to hit the corners. That was number one. Number two is, and I said this to you, you have to man-mark Wally Welch. You cannot leave Wally Welch free on that field anywhere. Even if it looks like Wally Welch is about to do nothing, mm. if Wally goes to the toilet, you stand outside the door at least finished, and when he comes back out, you walk back out onto the pitch room. Do not leave him alone. And then they they didn't do that. So what happened was Dixborough early in the game, they were drilling balls in on top of their full forward line. Donegal O'Connor was either winning the clean or laying it off to Pat Hartley. Pat Hartley was turning and what he was able to do invariably was finding Wally around midfield with a ball. Molly, Wally was kind of drifting back, taking possession and if it was on, Wally was turning and striking it over the bar and if it wasn't, he was drilling it into a really dangerous full forward line. Danny Glennon, Connor Hennessy, Keno Donahue. And it was always, for me, the few times when Dixborough hit the corners, as in the two corner forward positions, they got a little bit of change out of that. But it was just, when they were under pressure, they panicked and they drove the ball long down on top of that full back line, as in the full back centre back position, they dropped it in there. And that was playing straight into Tuller Ross Perkins hands. And in fairness to Tuller, they took full advantage of it. And I mean full advantage of it. Walter Welch like we're talking about TJ Reid we had three outstanding performances this weekend from players wearing number 11 TJ Reid was unbelievable today 
yesterday Emmett Landy wore number 11 and done the same and then in the game before and Wally Welch Wally scored 1-6 from play yesterday so and good. the goal he got was just like you and I had spoke about last week it's deceiving how fast he is yeah. he took off and straight through the middle and bang absolute bullet brilliant goal but it was I don't know why I don't know why Dixborough were so flat did six or seven players playing yesterday that played senior league this year yeah and that was senior league when Dixborough were absolutely lighting the senior league up mm. they were winning games well did six or seven players played they were they were really flat by their own and they, you know they got 121 which you know probably win most junior matches yeah. um, it was just that they were they were cut open they were really cut open by um, Tuller just on the borough can a loss in the senior quarterfinal affect an entire club that it might come into a junior team? Particularly, I spoke to Niall Morrissey, the manager, before the match, and he had mentioned that the juniors were training with the seniors all year. It does. It's good. Yeah. It really is. I, I remember I remember our one, one of the years we were, we were going, and our second team was going quite well. And some managers might see it as a bit of a hindrance and I remember one of the selectors said to me, Jesus, we need to keep these lads coming because if they keep winning, we'll keep getting 34 and 35 of training and it gives us a real yeah. buzz around the camp. Can you imagine what the atmosphere was like in training the Tuesday night after Bal- Ballyhale had beaten them? Imagine... It's just so flat. I would oh, imagine. and I'd say, try to pick yourself up after that. Mm. That was a week... That was two weeks ago. Yeah. And that's what they're coming back to. I mean... They did win a Section B final in the meantime, I suppose. They were going to get a Section B final that they were yeah. probably 1-50 to 50 to win anyway, so mm. that was going to happen. And I'd say what was said in that dressing room was the club needs a lift now, you know, you're the guys to go and carry the mantle and bring it forward. Yeah. And I wondered at that Section B final, I, I've never asked this question, and this is going to sound nuts, but did it go out for a few beers after that Section B final and celebrate? Pretty sure to do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a week before the championship, and absolutely 1 million percent guarantee that Tuller Burke and won their quarter-final game didn't yeah, go for a point. That's very true. Um, so it's, I, just, I just think, I've said that to you before, and I remember when I first got involved in, in, in Hurland and Kilkenny with, with Blacks and Whites, I remember Eddie Doyle saying to me, I wouldn't be too worried about the team coming out of the other section. And I know that sounds defeatist, especially when Lachlan Gales yeah. won the championship a couple of years back. But he said, it, there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, you'd be much more fearful of the first teams in, 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 in the championship. And he's been proven to be right every year, bar one. Yeah. Um, but Dixborough, I, I said it to you the last day, I thought... Last year they were robbed um, in the semi-finals. I genuinely did think they were robbed in the semi-final. They'd, I thought they'd come back with a bit more, especially when they six or seven lads played senior league. I thought they'd be ready for it. But um, this is a well-seasoned, well-rounded Tullerher team. Um, like inside, Keno Dunhu inside on his day is, is literally unplayable. Like he's yeah. he's a brilliant, brilliant hurler. Connor Hennessy. Connor got 1-1. Keane got about 1-4 from play. Wally got 1-6 and then this player Marty Murphy now, I don't know I don't know this Marty Murphy at all he's he's obviously a young lad um, I'm going to say he's 18 or 19 he scored 1-3 yesterday he's a big unit as well at wing forward he was he was really really good um, Tuller are going to take stopping here now right um, they're taking on St. Lactans because St. Lactans defeated Wine Gap uh, by 4-11-1-18 in the second semi-final on Saturday this was an absolutely brilliant game Eddie you were at it uh, what did you make of it from a St. Lactans point of view again coming out on top in a really tight game as they did against Kilmacown in the league as they did in the quarter-final against St. Patrick's and as they did again on Saturday as I said yeah it's they weren't the better team really no no and 
I'll, I'll die on that sword. They genuinely weren't the better team. Yeah. The better team were beaten in this game. It's a sign of a good team, though, isn't it? When you're <coughs> the better team and you still win. Well, if you can't be good, be lucky. Um, were they lucky or did they find a way to win? They were lucky. Okay. okay. They did they did find a way to win sometimes, but I think in the general balance of play they got they, they got they rode their luck a bit here in this game now. They really did now. Yeah. Um Niall Welch like Niall Welch was brilliant for Wing Gap, Emmett Landy and James Power in the half forward and the three of them were really, really good for Wine Gap. But Wine Gap would go two or three points up and then they concede a ridiculous goal I think of the four goals that St. Lacton's got two of them were completely down to mistakes from Wine Gap like, like you know really silly things yeah. from Wine Gap um, like I, I, I know it sounds terrible to say that but I, I just don't know I just don't know how Wine Gap didn't win this game like they'll look back on it and they'll have so much regret um, with different things that went wrong for them during the game it was just it was a strange, strange. It was a strange, strange match. Yeah, that 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 Shane Donnelly in the corner for St. Lactons. He was he was absolutely brilliant. I was trying to pull my notes as well yeah. at the same time. But like he was he was um, he was superb. He did he, he did an awful lot. He did an awful lot of work for them. But he was you know for long periods of the game he was the only fella that was driving that line. If you get me. It's it's just it was the strangest game. It was really really exciting, but it was it was made so exciting by Emmett Landy's performance. Now take Emmett Landy out, and then Wayne up are in serious trouble. Like Emmett Landy scored uh, twelve points. I think he got six from play. He got five or six from play and six from freeze, and that was you know was still missing a couple as well, missing a couple of freeze and stuff like that. But St. Lactons they'll be they'll be thrilled that they got over the line, but it was. For me, anyway, it was. I, 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 maybe, maybe it is a great thing that they're winning these type battles. Maybe that is. Maybe I'm being reading into it too much. Maybe it's a fantastic. So you won thing. it last year. What's that? How you won it with the blacks and whites, isn't it? Kind of really tight games and coming out on top. Yeah, yeah. It was not, not the way I'd recommend to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you still did it. That's amazing. We did. No, no. Like, are they? Are they? St. Lactons, Are they? Are they us? Are they doing it the same way as we did it? Maybe they are. Um, I'm just thinking the Piltown game. We were probably we were probably lucky in that game. We got a couple of late goals. Well, you weren't but, lucky. You deserved to win. But was, the but the wine gap game, um, the wine gap game was different. It was that. But like these lads got four goals yesterday. Um, like it's 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 kind of it's it's a weird. It was a weird. It was a weird game. It was really really exciting because it was so tense. But wine gap were two points up with. What, was there a minute to go when they were two points up? I'd say there was only about a minute to go and they went two points up, maybe four minutes to go. Um, but St. Acton stuck at it. Now, I did say it to the lads as well that this is the second time, the third time I've seen St. Acton. St. Acton's haven't lost a match this year. No. They've lost no match. They've won them all, haven't they? Uh, yeah. They no, no, they've won every single game. They've won every game, yeah. Um, so they're still unbeaten. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's, it's very hard to... How, how can I say that... Like, I know lads were saying to me they were extremely lucky in Bennett's Maybe they're not lucky every... Or in Ballyragget. They played Ballyragget the week before. They were extremely lucky in that game. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, it's the way they're set up to keep it tight and all that. But I genuinely felt all the hurling was done by Wine Gap and then all the 
the big scores came at the other end of the field by St. Lactans. Right, okay. Sure, we may as well get on to the final then. Or, well, we'll just a, a quick word on we mentioned maybe the big Dixborough and how it'll feel for them. But uh, for Wine Gap, they were my bet to win the championship. Very, very close to making a final, but not to be for them. Um, how will they reflect on the year? It's it's not a step back. Well, it is a step back in terms of where they finished in comparison to last year, which was a county final. But is it an actual step back? It, this will hurt now. This will really, really hurt. Um, there's no point in dressing it up. They'll be, they'll be devastated. Um, they were, they would have seen themselves as a team that probably should have won the championship last year. They would have seen themselves in their own minds as favourites or second favourites to win the championship this year. Um, their big players did turn up yesterday. It wasn't that they didn't turn up. Sean Purcell, Niall Walsh, Emmett Landy, James Purcell, Michael Power. Uh, Jack Doyle they did turn up they heard really really well um, they'll look back on it and they'll wonder how it didn't happen or will it happen for us Pat Robinson's done a really good job with this wine gap team like they're three years ago they were knocked out of the first round of the championship by Blacks and Whites and here they are in a semi-final this year and a final last year you know they're they're not they're not too far away no. now so it's not going to be easy because it's not easy to keep picking up your teeth after getting them knocked down again but but Wine Gap are still only probably a poke of a ball away from winning the championship here right and that's what they're going to reflect on but they're going to be playing somebody of a, of a standard of St. Lactans or Tullerher are going to be still there next year plus a Town, and there's lots of teams I've t- I told you the junior championship is just such a hard yeah. championship I don't know they'll, look there's no point in dressing up they're going to be really 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 disappointed Um with, with how the season finished as well okay. but I think look they're a young team as well they're, they're coming there uh, Sean Purcell will be some leader yeah. for that club going forward Yeah, they're going to be disappointed one team is going to be disappointed on Saturday it's the junior county final another team will be absolutely elated it's live on KCLR from quarter to three as Tullaher Ross Birkin take on St Lactans who's winning Eddie? Um, I'm, like, I think Tullaher have come on a huge amount um, I genuinely do the one the one fear I'd have for Tuller is St. Lacton's full back line are very very good mm. and they will be much tighter on that Tuller full forward line than the Dixborough lads were and then the other thing I would say to you is um, Brian Kennedy at centre back for St. Lacton's I would imagine will try and be a lot tighter to Walter Welch and I'd say they will leave him Markham as well Um I would imagine they'll yeah. leave him as well. So that's that's where the game is going to be won and lost. Um, Tullaher, Tullaher experienced, and they've, they've experienced loss in the county final too. They got beaten by Mosin Munkoin. It was Munkoin. Yeah, in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. They got beaten by Munkoin two years ago. Got knocked out in the first round of the championship last year by Wine Gap. Um, this is going to be a hummer of a game. Um, I went with St. Lactons at the start of the season to win the championship. Um, you know, make no mistake about it. I did think they were going to be the team that was. Yeah, and they were the favourites for most people. Yeah, and I thought with, with good reason. Yeah. Um, but I think if anyone is capable of beating them, it's going to be Tuller or Ross Birkin. This is going to be. Uh, this is going to be a one-score game now. People are in for a treat this weekend. That's that's going to be a one-score game. Is it going to be really high-scoring? Yeah, uh, I think it will. I think is that the only way Tuller can beat them. Uh, no, Tuller, Tuller, Tuller t- t- tend to not win low-scoring, boring affairs. Mm. Tuller don't do that. Um, I, I, talking to Dunny after the game yesterday, I know he was disgusted with uh, the goal they conceded yesterday. Uh, Dixborough got a goal late yeah, in the game, and they were disgusted by it. Um, that was one thing. And the other thing as well, I did say to him, was the 21 points. 
that's not good enough. St. Lactans will blow them away right. if they're defensively that loose. But it was something that I've noticed with Tuller in the last three rounds, and that is that they've had a 10 minute spell against weaker opposition where they've been torn asunder. You know, where the game was won. Emeralds caught, nearly caught them last week. Now, when I say nearly caught them, I think they lost by seven points in the end, but there were 20 points up at one stage. I said this to you that that, that Tuller had them, I think it was Emeralds, it was Emeralds. Tuller, yeah, yeah, Tuller, yeah. Tuller had them put to bed. Took the foot off the gas, the foot off the throat, and next thing, bang. Same thing yesterday. Tuller had Dixborough absolutely blown out of war and still allowed Dixborough to chip in. Now, I know people that say games get loose, things like that. If they get loose like that for 15 minutes to start the second half against St. Lactans, they're going to throw that championship away. And that's the truth. They can't do that. So that's the big thing that they have to work on. St. Lactans, on the other hand, 11 points isn't good enough for a turn from 60 minutes, I heard it. I know they got four goals, but so did uh, Tuller get four goals yesterday. But Tuller knocked over, what was it, 20 points? I just think 11 points doesn't show a great return for them. So I think it's going to be a real tight game. As in, scoreboard-wise, it'll be tight, as in a point or two in it. But I think it'll be a 25-point, 26-point type game. There has been, we spoke about earlier, or alluded to it earlier, a lot of binary talk around failure and success with the Irish rugby team losing in a quarter final, which is, of course, is very disappointing. But the expectation was they would go further. They didn't. And now people are questioning, is that failure or is it just maybe not being successful? Um, both of these teams would have expected to win junior county titles before a ball was pucked. If they don't win it on Saturday, is it failure? Um, or is that too much of? Or is that too easy a thing to say? It's easy for you and me to say it. Mm. It's not easy for the lads that are out there getting hurls flaked off. Like the term "ballers" is the one. I don't like that term. No, no, no and I, don't, I know I don't my wife that. hates it as well. There are certain occasions where people bottle it, but it's it's overused though. It is, but the problem is. Do you know what else is overused though? Is there's mm. there's words like hero and genius. Oh, and, that's nonsense too. Yeah, yeah. So they're all overused used too. And what I said to you, you know, there's a fine line as well. In like failure, it's not. We didn't achieve our target. Simple as. We didn't achieve our target. Does that make us bottlers? No, it doesn't. If we don't achieve our target every single year for the next twenty years, then we have to look at it. Maybe but does we it are mean you, Does it mean you failed though? Yeah, it does. And not yeah. like you know, haha, you failed. But like, no, you just did not reach your nope. target, and that's failure ultimately. But it is. If you target and you don't achieve it, that's fail. Yeah. Well, a lot and of people would disagree with that. Funnily enough. Yeah, but sure, you're in this world of a society where everyone everyone's rogue. a winner. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Do you know? Sure, maybe I, I can tell you something for nothing. Next week in in, in Nolan Park, only one of them teams is going to be going up to step collecting the. Yeah, they won't have failed. They'll have achieved their target. The other team will feel they failed. When you didn't, all the years you didn't win the county title, did you feel like you had failed? Yep, every year. And well, I'd set different targets now, Robbie, as well. Just so you know, yeah. that. I had a target of a quarter final the first year in the championship. We got knocked okay. out in the first round. Yeah, the second year I had a target of quarter final. We got knocked out in the quarter final. Didn't feel I'd failed, but was disappointed because I felt when I got to the quarter final, well, geez, I want to get the semi final. Yeah, my third year there, my target was to get to the semi final. We didn't the boys wanted to get back to Nolan Park and in my four year our target was to get to Nolan Park we got to Nolan Park that was the and target won yeah. we won it but there was no time in our dressing when we said we were in bonus territory half time in a county final we did say not that we were in bonus territory but we said look you've nothing to lose now yeah. you've achieved everything we wanted you to achieve this year yeah. The finishing line is just over there. Mm. I heard someone saying it today, white line fever. It's yeah. where you're very close to that finishing line and you start 
reverting, getting going backwards, going yeah, backwards, yeah. going backwards, panicking because you can see the finishing line. Tullerher can see it now. So can San Lactans. One of them's going to win. Best of luck to the both of them. I tip San Lactans at the start of the year as you keep saying everybody had them down with the favourites. As it is. Yeah, well, Robbie, as I'm wiping the floor with my predictions well, this year. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, it's, am, it's not over yet. Let's just say it's it. not over yet. It's so, not over yet. St. Lactans, anyway. I'm going to stick with St. Lactans to win a really tight game, but obviously, yeah, I'll have my Tuller hat on because I will be shouting for them, obviously, because I'd be shouting for Donny Candle. Okay. I'm also shouting for Tuller because of Tuller win and the Shamrocks and Thomastown win. It's 2 2, and then you're not wiping the floor anymore. Um, okay, so you're going for St. Lactans to win, but you want Tuller or Rossbergen to win. Is that fair? Well, no, I'm going for St. Lactans to win because I think they're, they're a better team, and that's genuinely who I think will win. But I will be, like, if Donny O'Connor's listening to this, I want yeah. to know that I'm obviously okay. going to be shouting for his okay. team. Yeah, yeah. I'll go for Tuller Rossberg and then uh, just because I really really want them to win so uh, best luck to Tuller Rossberg but nothing against St. Lackens I have to say uh, just as full disclosure we obviously interviewed the managers and players a lot St. Lackens have been nothing but forthcoming all the time Stephen Farrell's an absolute gentleman he's done a wonderful job with them brought them to an intermediate final in 2021 stepped away last year and you could tell that he had because they got relegated back this year and they're back in the junior final so the very best of luck to both teams this Saturday again it'll be live on KCLR from quarter to three as will the intermediate final on Sunday Thomastown against Moonkine same time quarter to three in Nolan Park same place of course um very fine margins people will say between the St. Lactans team and the Tuller Ross Birkin team feels like there's a wider gap ahead of this intermediate final between Thomastown who are the clear favourites and more the clear favourites to win it alongside Liz Downey at the start of the year and Moonkine is it fair to say that Moonkine have to make up a sizeable gap if they're to promote the senior for next year it is um, it definitely is I would love to be in the Moonkine camp right now mm-hmm. because they're written off every week uh, they were written off against St. Martins I think in the quarter final uh, was written it? off well, it against St. Martins listen they were underdogs against St. Martins hear me out I wouldn't agree last week they were underdogs yes 100, 100% um, big time and they're going to be underdogs again I'm telling you and you might believe this Munkine if you ask any person in Munkine they would have had themselves as underdogs against St. Martins because St. Martins are a well established intermediate team that have been there for so long this is Munkine's second year in the intermediate championship yeah but St. Martins were so poor last year yeah but well, St. Martins may have been but this is Munkine's second year in the championship to be fair to them now and now what I would say to you is have they a mountain to climb yes they that have, far is it a mountain yeah, yeah it is based on Thomas Stone's performance in the semi-final I've never seen a performance like that from a team in, in, it was just it was just spectacular it really was they yeah. are frightening how strong they are and Munkine capable of doing, the, doing them one on them 100% uh, more than capable of doing one uh, I think no disrespect to Dunhamagan, the people of Dunhamagan who, who genuinely think... <laughs> Never I, good when you start a sentence like no, that. No, <laughs> but I think they all think I'm just so hard on them. Yeah. Dunhamagan didn't turn up in that no, semi-final. Yeah, I think they, you know, even they did not. And like, like you take James Stevens versus Shamrock's Ballyhale, the same thing can be said, you know. Mm. Like, does that make Shamrock's Ballyhale more favourites for the Old Auckland Gales game? Not at all. It's a different match, different team, different setup. Thomastown are facing a different animal in Munkine this time. Um but Thomastown will be huge favourites and rightly so they deserve to be huge favourites there's no team I'd love to see winning a championship more than Thomastown um, 
the hurt them lads have gone through over the last number of years since they won the All Ireland is yeah. is, is 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 unbelievable. But then I I often slag some of these people about this. Losing county finals is horrible. Do you know what's more horrible? Never getting to play in a county yeah. final. Never getting to experience that. There's teams going home today after getting knocked out in semi-finals. They give their left leg to go in and play in a county final. Thomastown have had the look of having all this, but they're coming up against Munkoin into the game, into the nitty-gritties of it. Paul Hennerby at centre-back for Munkoin is possibly the best hurler in the intermediate grade. You know, he's in, in the backs, we'll say, yeah? Yeah. He's phenomenal. He's going to have John Donnelly at centre-forward. John Donnelly is the best hurler intermediate. So there's your first battle. Um, do Mooncoin leave him on John Donnelly and, and then personally I think they can't because Paul Hennerby is like Richie Reid for them he has to be kind of loose and he has to be able to drive ball free if John Donnelly's not man marked or picked up John Donnelly's going to win this game on his own he was so brilliant the last day he's just bringing players into play oh, he's savage he really is savage then there's other players for the Mooncoin team that need they'll need hugely power watch full forward he's He's a, he's at all now. Yeah. He, he's going to need it. He's going to need a shift. Adam Croke. Now they're going to need everyone to turn up, but these lads are the big, big lads. That half forward and Kevin Crowley, Killeen Hogan will probably be inside in the corner. I'd imagine. I don't know. And Kieran Quilty then as well. But they're going to need every one of these players to turn up and click, and that's only to make it a tight game. And I still think they might have enough. Right. And that's with them all clicking. If Thomas Town click. When you're an underdog in the final, how important is a fast start? I tell you, and I can tell you this from experience. Yeah. Uh, the problem with it is when you're an underdog and you don't get a fast start. If you start going three or four or five points down, you'll start doubting yourself. You mightn't think it, and you might say, "Oh, you know, we'll 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 play the full time whistle and this that and the other." But you do. You you really do it's start. The fear kind of. It does, but like likewise with Thomastown, you wonder if Munkoin got six or seven points up, or Thomas going to start thinking, "Not this again." Yeah. Do you know that type of way? Yeah, this is a big mental game then, do you think, is it? Big, oh, no, it is. Thomastown have to be... Thomastown have to put away all the hurt that they've had in the past. That's gone. Blow it away. Forget about it. That This is this year's championship. The Last year's doesn't matter. It doesn't matter a shite. They're, the Danes 4 won that. They're relegated. They're playing intermediate next year. This is only about this year. So Thomastown have to forget about everything that went down in the past. Munkoyne have to forget about what Thomastown did in the semi-final how much favourites Thomastown are if Thomastown get off to a fast start both the, 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 the knock-on effect is Thomastown are going to start believing we can get there we can get there and they'll keep driving it because they will not want to let it slip at the same time with Munkoin if Thomastown get that start you would worry for Munkoin and you'd start thinking you know what are we going to do or would players drop their heads and, and that's where it gets fearful but if Munkoin get that great start will Thomastown start to panic I don't know I think it's, it is what you're saying you're dead right if you are the underdog you definitely do need to get a good start do you think Thomas Stone can win a tight game because of the baggage they have coming into this they can win a tight game because of the hurdles they have Yeah, they'll win any type of game they'll win it in I don't know what the weather conditions are going to be like next Saturday or Sunday Sunday, Sunday. I don't know what the weather is to be like but I can assure you Thomas Town have won in every bit of weather this year they put blacks and whites to the sword in her remember that night with all the, the storms yeah, and they were yeah. questioning whether games should go ahead or not yeah. blacks and whites had it over again that game wouldn't have went ahead yeah. but like Thomas Town went in and absolutely but, clattered them but back. they've lost at this stage in every type of weather as well uh, they have they've lost in semi-finals as well they yeah. won last week so that's that semi-final out of the way I wouldn't worry about it I don't no. know like no I wouldn't because I just look at the team and I look at the team that played last week and there was so many like I said it to you my daughter 
or Chloe was sitting beside yeah. me at the game and she was kind of marking the players that were younger than her and my daughter's 21 like so she's marking players that are younger than her this this Thomastown team there's a right sprinkling you know a real good mix of experience and youth there and then for new players like Robbie Donnelly John Donnelly Luke Canellan Zach Bam and Eddie Donnelly um, Jay Burke Peter Canellan like they've, they have it everywhere oh yeah they um, I'll just say it as it is, yeah? Yes, yeah, Thomas Town are 100% going to win this game. Okay. No doubt about it. No. And look, that's not me disrespecting Munkine in any way, shape, or form. You're going to get one up eventually. You did, no matter how many darts you fire, I one will hit the board. Need something. But what do you think? Like, what do you think? You're always throwing me under I the bus. I think, uh, at least you're at the matches a lot more than I am. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> I, want to, I want to give you a platform, Eddie, to voice your opinion. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Give me a platform to be yeah, killed. Yeah. <laughs> Stop for directions in Munkine you know, someday. Just, get pulled I'm out of the car. G- gentle soul and kind. Um, I think Thomastown will win because I said they'll win the county championship I think if it's a tight game I don't think they win I think again not to reference the Irish rugby team I think there's certain things in sport <laughs> not to reference the Irish rugby team but I'll keep I think, doing it I tell you there's two things to that game we'll say yeah. there's a culture with the All Blacks that got them over the line because the All Blacks aren't actually a good team on the base of it They're, this is by far it would have been considered the worst All Blacks team of all time if they had lost there's a culture with the Irish rugby team that's worse than the current Irish rugby team that would suggest that they can't get over the line quarterfinals I think that was the difference between the sides history I think it happens in other sports. I think European football, say, for example, I think if you have a history in it, there's so many other sports where you can reference golf, anything. I genuinely think if this game is tight, all Thomas Town will be thinking about, not again, not again, not again, not again. Because I've been there myself in other sports as well, and you, you do think like that. Whereas I think if they do, if they just obliterate them, which they easily could, and I actually think it might happen, um, I think Thomas Town win then. But I think if it's tight, I'd, I'd be worried for them. Yeah, if, because if, well, they'll probably be wondering how the hell is this tight. Yeah, I, the problem I have, the problem I have here is they won't be wondering why is it tight because they're playing in a county final against a team that's after getting to a county final. So, county finals by their very nature are nervy events and and they take a bit of getting. So you know, five or six point type of game is a, is a big win in a in a, in a county final. Um, Look, I, I can see where you're coming from a little bit on this. The Shamrocks are another example. Sorry. Yeah, there's t- there's too much there's too much put on Thomastown not getting over the line. There's too much emphasis on that. Is there? Yeah. Is it not fair? It's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And other people aren't just trying to just throw it at them. But it's genuinely a, a situation where you haven't got over the line yet. So you do start to question whether they can. Yeah, and that's, no, no. That's I know, look, fair. it's a fair question. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like the Galway Senior Ireland team. Um, 100%. They just have 25, 30 years between Mayo things. Senior football. Um, yeah, but I'm not putting... I'm not putting Thomas down. No, Thomas I'm not putting them in All-Ireland six years ago. I'm not putting them in that bracket, um, to be fair. Thomas Dunn won in All-Ireland six years ago. Um, and... I'm going to be real bold now and I'm going to tell you they're going to back it up with another All-Ireland oh this year. Oh my God, there already? Yeah. Already. Thomas Town are going to win the Intermediate All-Ireland Championship. Well, I'll tell you why I think Munkine will win if it's tight. They'll just see glory. Thomas Town will see, oh my God, failure again. No. And, th- and they'll see that as failure. They won't, because it won't happen. They'll have a different animal this year, I think. I do think they'll they have some young lads with yeah. massive freedom there as well. I'm telling you, Thomas Town, 
Tom, this look, it's going to be a brilliant game. Best of luck to Mooncoin. Um, you know, I hope I hope they put in a big shift. I hope it's a really tight game. Um, I'd like it to be. I'd like it to be close enough. Um, but I want Thomastown to win the game, and I'm and I'm going to back them all the way. I think Thomastown 100. This is their year, and they deserve it. Okay, I'm going with Thomastown as well. After all of that, uh, I do think they will win. I said it from the start of the year, so I think Thomastown will be the county champions. But again, as we said for the junior side of things, the very best of luck to both teams. It's a great achievement to make a county final. It's great for both uh, parishes and both communities and uh, as we said uh, best wishes to all involved um, we always wrap up on a general discussion Eddie we're going to wrap it here nice and tight tonight um, the junior final is on Saturday the intermediate final is on Sunday should the junior final precede the intermediate final should they be on the same day on the Sunday um, yeah they should um, was yours last year it was it was um, yeah it was Dainsford played Thomastown Thomastown straight after we played okay that was the same day was it yeah, yeah it was and I think our semi-finals day, it was a triple header our semi-finals that time um, because Ballyhale had missed the there week there was issues with the breeze Bally, yeah Ballyhale and Tullerone yeah. played after us because we had we had a triple header that day it was, it was quite funny I'd say because I think yeah the, the Dixborough Hilltown game Dixborough and Wingup went, Wingup to went to penalties correct and put our game back like an hour yeah, yeah. and then our game was really tight at one stage oh, it looked yeah. like it was going to be a draw and I remember like, I didn't give a shit whether it was a draw yeah. or not like, I just wanted to get out of there and yeah. I just remember somebody saying if this goes to extra time like there's no floodlights oh, yeah. and, uh, but uh, as a, thank God it didn't um, yeah so no look the problem Robbie is and I know the, the GE are trying to give a platform for the other, the other games so there's an under 19 B final ahead of the junior final on Saturday and under 19A final is on ahead of the intermediate final on Sunday you do know that don't you Yeah. and that's that's the reason they're not on the same okay. day so what the GEA is trying to do is to give a platform for the two under 19 teams um, in it and I think that's important as well but the problem you have is adult adult hurling it's the same face as going to all the games um, as in, now, not, not, do you know what I mean about the yeah. the core? Yeah. Like if you look in front of the commentary box for us, I could nearly name the first seven rows of people below yeah, us in yeah. the commentary box. Same people, same seats every time. It's not cheap going to these games and it's not cheap going to sport Certainly these games. Um, it's it's great value for money, but double headers like today, fabulous value for oh, me. 15 yeah. euro win, it's brilliant. But I think if I was going, and it's a time thing as well, if, if I said to Breed next weekend, I want to go in and see the junior final, on Saturday and then I want to go in and see the intermediate final on Sunday it's a bit of a trek you know you're taking people away for two separate days to go and see games I think traditionally they were always on the same day I could be correcting on that there was always uh, I'm nearly sure they were always on the same day and then the senior and minor used to be ahead of each other um, I think I think they yeah. should be um, on the same day I, I, I personally think they should and I think I, I can see what the GEA is trying through though um, with the under 19 A and B's getting their games before and what do you think? it's an awkward one I nearly feel when I always feel that when there's a match before another match it feels like that the match prior is of less significance and I don't think that should be the case for a junior county final um, do you know say for instance it went to extra time and there wasn't enough of a gap it would be nearly like you'd be ushering them off the pitch whereas I don't think that's right I think you know it's a, it's a great day for the entire for both clubs and whoever wins it obviously it's an even better day so there is that and then there's also the value for money thing I think is it going to be it'll either be 10 or 15 euro probably 15 to get into both games and, you know for one game like Thomas and Moonkind a lot of people let's be honest are going to think that's going to be one sided if you're a neutral 
are you thinking oh, will I fork out the 15 euro or will I listen in on the radio and just stay at home you're probably going with the latter that'd be my concern as well there yeah see it's uh, like it, there's it's it, to me like there was a massive crowd today in the park you're always going to get that for semi-final day but though. there was two city teams as well yeah that helps too yeah. you know like as I said the one saving grace for a lot of people today that were on the end of the pounding from the Shamrocks was they didn't have that far to go yeah. um, but it's it, it's it's kind of a weird one but personally I feel the minor final should be played ahead of the senior final I agree final. with that completely um, so that should be a standalone and then the junior and intermediate final should be played as a double header the the issue with the junior and intermediate final as a double header though Robbie you, like you're saying about the junior player should be given that time to celebrate on the pitch and all that I can tell you now you don't get that time to celebrate on the pitch. There's a gap between the games, but you are ushered off from yeah. the minute the Fulton whistle goes. Which I don't goes. agree with. But I that's what happens, and the minute yeah. the Fulton whistle goes, Thomas Town were out warming up when we were collecting the cup, like. Yeah. Do you know, Dan's forward down the other end warming up. I was chatting to some of the Thomas Town mentors, and they were congratulating us and saying, best of luck. And the Tannoy was continuously saying, can yeah. the people, uh, can the people please leave the pitch from where the blacks and whites are players? mums and dads and sisters and cousins and partners and all that come onto the field to celebrate with them mm. so when it's a standalone game if Blacks and Whites County final had been last year on a Saturday on its own yeah. it would have been much handier for me I wouldn't have to take Monday off work yes um, <laughs> the Monday club would have become yeah, the Sunday yeah. club yes, yes. Uh, everything could have changed but no it's it's just you do get to have that celebration on yeah. the field and the whole lot but it's it's not it's not simple Rob it's not simple no it's not it's not um, and I have to say as well from 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 a ground management thing as well fair juice to to Nolan Park yeah, for putting all these but yeah. putting all these games on there because it doesn't happen in every Every other county, no, no. You know, there's four matches this weekend played on it on that surface. Next weekend, there's going to be four matches played again. The following weekend, there's going to be two matches. Right. We'll leave it at that. That was the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast, episode eleven of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast, and a lot shorter and a lot sweeter, hopefully, than the last couple of episodes. I hope you enjoyed it. You can, as always, subscribe to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or anywhere where you do your podcast listening. I'd like to thank Eddie for joining me in studio today, and a big thanks to you for listening in. We will be back next week as we look ahead to the senior county final and give our reviews of the junior and intermediate finals. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLOR and scoreline.ie.